Alright, what is up Crusaders of Crypt Nation? It's your boys, Bryce Paul and the Notorious Pizza Mind. How are you doing, Pete? Well, I'm sufficiently horrified. You're T horrified. Today is Friday the 13th. It's a full moon out. There's all kinds of crazy stuff going on. Pizza Mind, I don't know if I've told you this before, but I see you as the moonlight to my deepest, darkest eaves, man. You are the green flash of my San Diego sunset. You know, the stuff into my calzone, you are wood-fired, man. You are everything a co-host could ask for. And let me just say, I just appreciate you, bro. That is the most terrifying thing that's happened all day today. All right. Well, everybody, welcome to The Weekly Fire. This is where we discuss crypto's most burning questions. We get into some heated debates. It's definitely getting hot in here. And it is definitely getting hot in here. So, as always, let's start off with the crypto weather report. So, Bitcoin... Today is hovering around $10,400. And I feel like every goddamn week we talk about Bitcoin at $10,400. It's been there for quite a while, just bouncing back and forth. We've been at that $250 billion, $260 billion overall crypto market cap for several weeks now, which tells us that we are back in an accumulation phase. The volume for Bitcoin has settled somewhere between $11 billion daily and $14 billion daily. The whales definitely have enough liquid capital to squish any kind of drastic movements in either direction. We've seen a couple uh, sharp spikes down that were quickly recovered just a, a few hours later. Um, I think we're going to stay in this pattern for a while as infrastructure and legal regulations are taking their time to be ready for this next jaw-shattering bull run. Yeah, no, I agree. I, mean, I couldn't have said it better. Um, one of the trading systems I like to use is called the Elder Impulse System. That's a, a guy named Dr. Alexander Elder. I highly recommend you use it. It's a very easy system to use. Um, and yeah, so the Elder Impulse System just tells me, you know, we're still painting uh, consolidation patterns. Um, you know, the Chaikin Money Flow Indicator looks like it's bottomed out, back at the zero line, the momentum is reset. And we're ready just to continue this consolidation. Um, but guys, it could go either way. This one could spike down. It could spike up. So as I say, as always, you just got to be prepared for either circumstance. Um, on the weekly chart, we're, we're, we're still looking like we still got some room to the upside. Um, we're kind of bouncing between the yearly average of last year and the yearly average of 2017. Um, so... Guys, just take a position, be hedged, and be ready to rock and roll when the bull market comes. Um, and that's kind of it for the weekly fire. Or with, so that's kind of it for the weekly weather report. The weekly fire is just heating up, um, and today um, we are going to start off with a little smoke and mirrors. So we're going to get into a discussion about financial privacy. Um, so guys, real quick, also every weekday, we are talking on this, uh, platform called you now we live stream every day at 1 PM Pacific. Um, so tune in, we have lots of engaged discussions there. Download the you now app or go to younow.com to tune in. Yep. It's just younow.com slash crypto one Oh one. And every day at 1 PM Pacific, 4 PM Eastern, we are there chalking it up. It's a live interactive show. So we actually have guests that come on the show. Um, you and the audience could, you know, there's chat rooms, all sorts of stuff. It's a really fun platform. Um, but today we are going to talk about financial privacy. So pizza mind, tell me why is financial privacy important and where do cryptocurrencies, you know, come to play in financial privacy? Financial privacy is important because there's all kinds of backlash that can come from having all of your business out in public. 
there was a time back in the 90s where uh, there was a very popular fashion designer. Everyone wore his stuff. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it comes out that this guy is a huge racist and has like these sweatshops. And suddenly everyone wearing his gear is then accused of being racist and stuff as well. And his name was Tommy Hilfiger. Very, very well known, still around today. But that kind of social backlash is not fair. But that is something that could be potentially tracked and traced, especially now with the government paying so much more attention to what we do these days. And with China's social credit scoring system, which, by the way, is being sold to other countries around the world now. So tell me, so what does Tommy Hilfiger have to do with financial privacy? Maybe if you're buying things that you don't want the whole world to know about or you don't want to get backlash like later on. Myself, for example, I wear contact lenses. It is illegal for me to buy contact lenses in the United States without a valid prescription, which is designated as filled within the last year. My prescription hasn't changed in 10 years. I don't need to spend $250 a year getting someone to update a piece of paper. That's bureaucracy and that's bullshit. So I have to go outside the fucking country to order contact lenses. So you're buying black market contact lenses? It's not black market. <laughs> They're normal websites in the UK or Canada. And I even pay for it with PayPal. But at some point, you know, I could get in a lot of trouble for buying illegal contacts. How huh. stupid is that? Yeah. So, so when I think of financial privacy, I think there's different levels to it, right? So we have cash, which is kind of the most anonymous or private uh, medium of exchange. For instance, you go to visit a grocery store, you buy something with cash. You don't need to tell the cashier how much money you have in your bank account. You don't need to tell him how much is even in your wallet. You just take a $100 bill, and as long as they can mark it and it's not counterfeit, you simply, ex you simply exchange your cash for those groceries, right? Can you imagine if they asked you where you got this cash from to buy your groceries? Right. Like they do on some certain Bitcoin exchanges? Well, yeah. I mean, if you go to the, a bank and deposit a billion dollars of cash, you're going to be like, where is this coming from? But at, at small cash level transactions... Um, you know, they're not going to ask you for any KYC information, your name, your address or whatever. Okay. So what happened? What was the next evolution after cash was this credit cards, right? And so credit cards, uh, ex kind of extend cash beyond into the digital realm, right? So like, um, you know, you can't send, uh, send dollars in the mail. I mean, you can, but it's not very efficient. If you're trying to get cash from point A to point B, um, you need to wire it and stuff. And so now we have credit cards, right? So one solution you can think about is um is these credit cards but these they store all your information right so a credit card issuer and a, a person and a merchant uh who's actually taking your credit card information has your address they have your birth date they have your purchase history they have your balance info they know how much you've spent on your credit card and where you spent it um they know where you buy things and, and where you travel and they could actually also block your card um if you go somewhere that they don't want you to spend and so this is where financial privacy really comes to bear is that you don't want all these different organizations knowing everything about you. And plus we see hacks like Experian or hacks like a Target or Yahoo, right? Where all your credit information is stolen, your purchase history, and that's all sold. And it's just a nightmare, man. And if I discreetly want to buy a bidet, I don't want to see ads for more bidets and bidet accessories on my social feed while I'm at work. That's just awkward. Yeah, it, it's definitely awkward. Do you feel awkward? You know, I, I, I noticed the bidet. I wasn't <laughs> going to say anything. thought it was a little odd. It's a little European. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. 
So, so this is where, where, where cryptocurrencies come in and where Bitcoin comes in um, and other cryptocurrencies like Monero and Zcash, which we're, we're about to talk about. So kind of an easy way to think about it is that, you know, Bitcoin isn't fully private, right? It's actually a public blockchain and it's easy to look up the balance of any Bitcoin address uh, and all of that addresses past transactions. Um, but then came Zcash and Monero. And I kind of like to draw the analogy to HTTP uh, and HTTPS. So HTTP is kind of the protocol that allows you to, you know, transfer one of the protocols, one of the many protocols that allows you to browse the web. Um, and in the early days, data packets would get sent around from node to node or from peer to peer. In plain text. In plain text. That's exactly right. They would be unencrypted. And uh, sometimes sensitive information in those text packets uh, would actually get, you know, tampered with or they'd get intercepted, right? You guys remember the movie Imitation Game where it was all about sending trans, uh, sending codes back and forth uh, with the, uh, what was that thing called? Oh, I don't remember. Oh, come on. The, the Enigma, that's what it was called, the Enigma. And so the Enigma was a way to, de uh, to code and decode messages with, you know, public and private keys, essentially. So anyhow, the point I'm trying to make here is that HTTPS was this new protocol that encrypted all this text. And so that if somebody came in and tried to intercept these messages, all they would get is a bunch of, you know, nonsensical XBG3124. And then that's what preserves it. So in the same way that HTTPS protected the privacy of, uh, you know, information on the internet, now we have your financial privacy um, being protected by pr uh, protocols like Monero with their ring signatures and confidential transactions and uh, uh, zero-knowledge proofs that are part of Zcash um, to make sure that your, your info is never sold, shared, or spied on. It's cash that's upgraded for a digital networked global economy. And, you know, these are we're moving into an increasingly global economy. Absolutely. And it's absolutely necessary that as data becomes tracked more and more that you protect your data more and more. Absolutely, because your data is going to start getting used against you. It's going to be weaponized, right? Yeah. You know, people like to use cash. They don't want governments. They don't want... F Sometimes they don't even want their families knowing what they're buying. I, especially, I don't want my family knowing what <laughs> I'm buying. Jesus Christ, even if, more if, than the government. If Mrs. Pizza Mind knew the kinds of things you were purchasing online, she would be mortified. Oh, man, I would just be pizza. I'd lose my mind. Miss <laughs> Pizza Mind, if you're out there, God bless you. Please don't listen to these episodes anymore. <laughs> So anyhow, so we have, so let's she really doesn't know I have a podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's go ahead and really quickly. Um, I want to talk about ring signatures that are in Monero. Okay. And this, I want to keep it like 30 seconds high level. So every time that you time me, time me, ready? Go. Okay. So every time you sign a transaction in Bitcoin, you're not actually taking out your, you know, pen or whatever and signing this thing. It's a digital signature. It's happening automatically. You just broadcast this transaction, your digital signature, which is derived from your private key. It's put onto the network. Okay, boom. So like the same way if you, if you write a check, you have to sign that check, right? That validates it. So in Monero, in, set, in order to obscure um, who is actually sending and broadcasting these transactions, <laughs> 30 seconds is up. Okay, okay here overtime. we go. Instead of overtime. Okay, overtime. Instead of uh, just one person signing a transaction, you have 10 people signing a transaction and you could put together a cryptographic proof that says we can guarantee that one of these people have the right to send this Monero 
and the other group has the has one of these people has the right to rec uh, to receive it, but we don't know exactly which one it is. So it basically makes it uh, this big you know this big data swamp or whatever. Uh, but you could guarantee that the person who is sending it actually has the right to send it. So it's ring signatures are pretty cool. I would look them up. Um, you could probably find a better explanation. Yeah. From now we're gonna move on to hot or not. All right, let's do it. What was the hot tickers of the week? The hot coin of the week was Cosmos. And he what perfect timing, because we had Jack Zamplin from Cosmos Network on the pod. He's going to be your episode on Monday. So this is perfect Can timing. Can we take credit for the Atom token spiking up 52%? Perhaps. Perhaps. It's also like a legit-ass project. I, That's a sick project. It dude. very much is. And after talking with Jack, uh, I really want to uh, learn a lot more about what they're doing. It's almost like they're building an internet of blockchain. It's exactly what they're doing, man. Uh, then Aragon, up 50%. Don't know what they do, but certainly not as cool as Cosmos. And Vertcoin, up 42%. Now, here's where it gets familiar. Egrisha, <laughs> down too another 63%. My God, have they been swirling in the toilet for a long time. This nugget just won't finally die. I looked at their chart today, and I'd never seen anything so hideous. But also, you know, Egrisha is one of those coins that was on Coin Code Cap under the scam list where they said they haven't had active development in like 12 months. Yeah. So I wonder about that. And then uh, another coin that was part of our gainers last week, common theme here, Chili's is down 29%. Chili's! Retracing back to uh, close to its normal levels. And that is not your favorite backyard bar and grill. Sadly. If <laughs> that is the latest Binance coin. If, <laughs> if we could have tokenized baby back ribs, that's the kind of thing that we need for mass adoption. You heard it here first. Mass adoption is baby back ribs on the blockchain. Chili's get with the fucking times. And then lastly, we have GX Chain, which has been shuttered by the Chinese government. Executives held for interrogation yes. for mining sensitive information data on consumers. So, so remember we talked about the theme of today is financial privacy. That's well, GX right. Chain did a big no-no in a place where people die. That's right. <laughs> so they're only down 25%. So far, so I have far. a feeling we're going to be talking about them again next week. Yeah, I have a feeling Ouch. they're going to be also not hot next week. So let's move on to our fire tweets of the week. And this was incredible because we just put out a tweet, but the response we got to it is why this is included. So we've said uh, the U.S. national debt as of today is $22 trillion, $745 billion, $426 million, $372,619. <sighs> Who thinks this is going to end well? Anyone? And the response was from a guy named CryptoTrader at CryptoTrader150. On September 12th, he goes, well, when currency goes digital, central banks can radically adopt negative interest rates, meaning government debt will eventually be wiped out in theory. And average people have to pay to use an average bank account. So I asked, wait, hold on. What does this actually mean? Can you elaborate for us? And so kindly he did. Well, he goes, the entire world has a debt crisis. Governments, businesses, and people all owe money. Trillions of dollars. The 2008 crisis, which we all remember hit a little too close to home, literally, excuse the pun, really brought it to light when a number of banks failed and many countries were bailed out. 
result was to slash interest rates and print more money, aka quantitative easing. That was just a stick in plaster for the main problem that is government debt. We're currently at historically low interest rates and the UK government pays 40 billion pounds per year on paying debt interest. So imagine if rates went back to pre 2008, 40 billion goes to 160 billion because rates were much higher, right? Capital was much more expensive. No government can pay this continues. So central banks need to look after main customers, quote unquote governments, but how? One, keep rates low for now. Two, long-term create negative interest rate environments so that governments can borrow money for free and still get paid for borrowing, which is negative interest rates. So how do we create that environment? Answer, digital currency. People are forced to use bank accounts as no physical cash to stuff in their mattress, right? He's painting a picture of a world with no physical cash. At this point, central banks slash their rates to negative 3%, meaning you are effectively charged 3% of your deposits annually to use your bank account. And more crucially, government debt will start to come down instead of going up. It is the when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. tax of the future that most have not seen coming yet. Billions of ordinary citizens effectively paying down their own government's debt. And when we go digital, there won't be a thing we can do about it. Wow. What a tweet storm. Yeah, that really blew my mind away. And the only thing people need to take away from this is negative interest rates basically mean that if I put a hundred bucks in my bank account, I take it out a year later, I'm going to have 97 bucks. That's what negative interest rates are. Yeah. So this is just a further reason why you shouldn't be trusting or using banks anymore. However, if you have outstanding loans, now's a great time to refi. Mm. Or maybe not now, but in the near future, if we actually do get negative interest rates here in the United States. So it could help a lot of other people get out of debt as well as the government. But if you're trying to make money uh, through the traditional loaning system, bad, bad times ahead. But you can put your money in Bitcoin. All right, let's move on over to the Scorched Earth segment where we talk about people that are getting burned. Um, and guess who's getting burned this week? Libra! Facebook's Libra is getting the hard pass from Germany and France. And by hard pass, we mean they're getting kicked the fuck out. France and Germany have agreed to block Facebook's Libra's cryptocurrency. The French finance minister said in a joint statement that no private entity can claim monetary power, which is inherent to the sovereignty of nations. The finance minister, Bruno Le Maire, said Thursday on Facebook's new cryptocurrency that it should not be allowed to operate in Europe, and there are lots of concerns about pertinent financial risks. 
He says, quote, I want to be absolutely clear. In these conditions, we cannot authorize the development of Libra on European soil. Right. This is nuts because here's what they're saying. They're basically saying uh, that the monetary sovereignty of countries is at stake from the privatization of money, right? By a sole actor like Facebook who has 2 billion users or whatever, and they're teaming up with companies like uh, Visa and MasterCard and PayPal and Lyft and Uber and Coinbase and all these millions of users. Yeah, there's probably some overlap. Everybody probably has a Facebook. But at the end of the day, money is trending towards privatization. And we've been saying forever now that borders don't really matter. It's corporations that control everything. And this is now just letting the cat out of the bag and saying, yeah, literally corporations do control everything. Now we want to control money as well. Yeah. And governments are realizing their own ineptitude has led them to become obsolete and they don't like it. Right. So So, what they're going to be doing is blocking software developers, right? They're going to forbid app development on Libra's platform. They're going to disallow any merchants to accept Libra as a currency for goods and services. They're going to do everything in their waning little bit of power that they have left. Yeah. Who do you think is going to win? Well, I can tell you who's going to come out on top, and it's going to be Bitcoin at the end of the day, because guess who can't stop Bitcoin? Anyone. Anyone. Nobody can stop Bitcoin, right? Like, it's it, it, how do you shut it down? You have to shut down the whole entire internet. But you can stop that. you could stop Libra because you could just say it's a private company and that private company's not allowed to work here That's or whatever. Right. Um, right. I guess the way you could shut down Bitcoin in countries is just by saying, you know, we'll throw anyone in prison who owns this or who accepts it or who's touched it. But I mean, we're obviously trying to trend against that because all these presidents are starting to run on campaigns where it's like, hey, we're going to release nonviolent criminals and stuff yeah. like that. And, and so, they, they would have done that a long time ago, especially in China with their firewall. Even the Chinese firewall can't block Bitcoin. Yeah, it's true. And it's true. the thing is with a Libra wallet, it's tied to your Facebook, it's tied to your PayPal. You can see clearly who you are. With Bitcoin, there's none of that. And talk about financial privacy or lack thereof. With the Libra coin, I mean... Every single, you know, they're all going to share your information. Yeah, you might as well just leave the camera on in your house 24-7 and let Big Brother watch you do whatever you do. Yeah, I mean, that's that's truly, truly Big Brother. All right, well, let's jump into the news because this week was we had a lot of big news. Welcome to Today in Crypto, we episode 35. It is September 9th. It's great to be on a Windows laptop where I can clearly see the date yeah, every time. Exactly. No, uh, Monday. Happy Monday, Pete. We haven't seen each other since yesterday Yeah, <laughs> when we were also working all day. That's right. Um, today in crypto, man, uh, nothing too exciting. It's a little, it's like the markets, right? So the markets right now are pretty stable. We've kind of been ranging around 10K. The news, pretty stable, nothing super exciting. Um, but why don't we just kick it off? We'll, we'll lay, lay, the, uh, lay the agenda out for us today, Pete. Today kind of feels like a casual friend trying to set you up on a blind date with some girl he knew from high school. You're just kind of like, interesting. All right. I guess I'll do it. Yeah. So <laughs> not much enthusiasm. Not that, really. But-, but there was some interesting things to come out of today's date, and that's coin market cap. Page three, Coin Market Cap has been trying to vet certain projects out from page one, 
if they don't look like they are legitimate enough or have the right amount of liquidity or they're on repeatable exchanges, they have a whole list of requirements. So anyway, all these large cap coins that coin market cap has decided are not quite legitimate have been dropped to page three. Okay. So if you go on page two, at the end of page two, you've got some stuff that's maybe worth like in the low $20 million range. And then all of a sudden page three, you see this huge list of maybe the next 20 or 30 tokens that are worth $100 million, $300 million. And a lot of them are just outright scams and pump wow. and dump schemes. And it just looks really, really shady. And unfortunately, there's a few early stage, very legitimate products that are mixed in with that. And it's kind of dangerous to yeah. kind of I mean, swim with those sharks. It's going to be hard to vet out all the good from the bad um, but they're doing the best they can and they offer a super valuable service to the entire industry. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm kind of going through page three. Okay. I see Flexa. They're a legit one that got tossed back. Yeah. Okay. Bitcoin. First coin is uh, a known scam and there's a few others and there's a few other things on page one that are definitely not reputable projects and potential scams and a few definite scams, but they just haven't been able to prove it or they haven't, they've been able to meet the, new coin market cap requirements so all right well still there well, well that's a work that. in progress yeah so um, that report just dropped today and we will uh we'll cover that but so first let's talk about the implications of president trump's tweet calling for negative interest rates so there's the, yeah first off fucking Balls. cojones on that on that guy right there um but basically he's saying that the u.s dollar is so strong that it has a little bit of room to seed right it has a little bit of uh wiggle room in order to you know, when you lower the interest rates, you essentially devalue the currency. So he's saying that, you know, it's so strong that uh, we could afford to devalue it a little bit and refinance our debts. Um, but that's not good because that devalues your savings. If you have um, money in your savings accounts, that it devalues it. So it's not necessarily a good idea, but he wants to keep credit cheap. He wants to keep the economy growing. Um, and the narrative is that, you know, he wants obviously to get reelected. So he doesn't want a big catastrophic economic downturn uh, towards the end of his cycle. We've already seen the yields, uh, the 10 and the two year bond yields start to invert, which is an early sign. But, you know, you know, I, I'm not I, I don't think we would hit negative interest rates. Um, you know, Germany already has negative interest rates and some big countries do. But, you know, at the end of the day, he's just trying to say, let's lower the rates and uh, let's refinance some debts. Well, this is something you say all the time. Cheap money is cheap culture. Mm, exactly. It's exactly valuing your currency is pretty much a sign of the end. Yeah, no, I mean, it's going to be good for Bitcoin because people are going to flee this, this cheap money and they're going to go to some money that has a set monetary policy that isn't at the whim of a core group of people who could decide you know, the inflation rate or the, um, the interest rates of this thing. It's just, it, it's absurd. Yeah. We were talking about uh, failed currencies on Twitter today and, you know, some very major countries have had complete failures of their currency. Mm -hmm. uh, Germany did, it couldn't pay for its reparations from world war one and mm -hmm. it had to form a new currency. Um, I was in Peru, Argentina, Chile, Venezuela. Like, yeah. The list goes on and on and on. Uh, so currencies are not like this, very stable thing that you can rely on in the first place the u.s dollar and the british pound are pretty much uh, some of the longest running currencies like even china which has been around for five thousand years just had to redo their currency back in like the 1940s yeah so the it, 60s whenever it was yeah. yeah 
it's not that long ago. Not that long ago. And by historically speaking, most fiat currencies have failed in the past because they're smoke and mirrors. They're they not, are smoke and mirrors. They're not backed by anything. It's just an opinion, and that's why Trump can. It's say, just the strongest military. Essentially. Yeah, basically, it's the power of decentralization versus centralization. Speaking of which, that's a great segue into great Ripple. segue into Brad Garlinghouse, the CEO of Ripple, uh, and the biggest holder of XRP uh on cnn so what did he talk about today pete so there's been a lot of uh fud going around lately and he went on cnn to address a lot of it right the community's threatened to fork xrp uh they're really really upset that uh ripple has been dumping a bunch of supply on the open market that they've been selling to institutional investors privately and uh they haven't all made hundreds of millions of dollars a piece yet so uh he went on cnn to talk about that i think Sorry, keep going, keep going. Yeah, he states that uh, there's all kinds of assets that are speculated on even when they shouldn't be and that the true value of an asset is related to its utility and how much it's being used, Right, which is true. It's true. Um, there are some tough questions asked of him, and the answers he gave were not very good. He states that Ripple does not control the price of XRP any more than the whales control the price of Bitcoin. Which is kind of an oxymoron or kind of ironic, I guess, because as we know, people who control the largest supply of a market, I mean, that's literally by definition, they corner a market, they control the supply. Um, and and that's, you, that's how market cycles work, not just for Bitcoin, but for yeah, lots of absolutely. commodities that have volatility. Absolutely. It's literally done by the whales. So um, it's a little disingenuous, I think. Well, I don't, I don't know if that's what he meant, but uh he did, definitely didn't say it very well. But I think my favorite thing that he said out of everything was that he's long Bitcoin. Yes. Uh, so the CEO of XRP is or of, of Ripple is long Bitcoin. He, yes, he, ex know. he explained the difference between Bitcoin and Ripple, saying that Bitcoin is the digital gold. It's a great store of value. Yep. But as far as an international transaction currency, uh, XRP is much better. It's faster, costs less. But he, he very publicly stated that these two can coexist together and they're not in competition which I, I'm very much in favor for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so moving on to this big study that you've been uh, re reading through yeah. uh, by Electric Capital. Mm -hmm. um, Electric Capital, I, I, met, I met Avi actually, the name's familiar. He used to do a bunch of stuff uh, for location services at Facebook, I remember. Mm. But anyhow, um, yeah, he, he talks about this, this study. So why don't you go into that? Yeah, so he was uh, – Avi Garg is the co-founder of Electric Capital. They're looking into all kinds of digital crime and stuff, and they're, they documented shocking findings regarding misconduct and fines in the banking industry in the last shocking. decade. Very shocking. Banking, banking people uh, do manipulation and insurance fraud and I, I, money laundering? I know. It's hard to believe, but we have to believe it now. We so over the last it. decade, the world's top banks have been fined over 300 billion dollars for various acts of misconduct that's bigger than the entire cryptocurrency market <laughs> i was just gonna say yeah that, that is insanity oh you took yeah regulators still are concerned about bitcoin yeah bullshit bullshit so according to these figures these fines are for a range of offenses including mortgage abuses tax violations insider trading anti-money laundering discrepancies toxic securities interest rate manipulation, and consumer protection violations. Oh, my God. Which means they are making so much money hand over fist that they don't care that they're being fined $300 billion. Until you start throwing these people in prison, 
for life. Yeah. It's not going to stop. That's the real takeaway from this. So the costliest scandal in UK financial history is coming to an end this week as the payment protection insurance debacle winds down. Banks and finance institutions have aggressively sold this protection plan that barely even covers, um, like if they were to actually, someone were to actually cash in this insurance plan, it would barely cover the cost that they paid into it. And I love, I love this part here at the end um, on this banking expose that we're going through, right? It says uh, Barclays, Citigroup, JP Morgan, MUFG, and the Royal Bank of Scotland. Excuse me. <laughs> we're fined $1.2 billion for rigging the spot foreign exchange market for 11 currencies. So we're always getting told by the banks here in the crypto market and the regulators, hey, those are being manipulated. Those are being manipulated. But it's like, take the stick out of your own eye before you yell at us for the speck in our eye. It's like, these people are, are of course, they're rigging and manipulating all these markets. Yeah. It's insane, dude. So many backroom deals. Yeah. So they figured out, okay, we'll, nuts. we'll make $10 billion and pay the $1 billion fine. Fuck it. That's the That's way the world works right dude. now. It's bad. It's bad news. Anyhow, so... As everybody knows, uh, Binance US, they're coming out uh, out of the gate this week. Um, and as of today, it was the last day that uh, any US citizen could be caught on their platform. Um, no one will be locked out. Funds are still safe for those people that are Americans that have Binance funds. But anyhow, uh, you won't be able to trade on there if you're an American. So yeah, that's that. And then lastly, we have an update on the crackdown in China on GX chain. Yeah, so... The firm was allegedly scraping and processing sensitive information, including personal credit data, for more than 2 million ve- uh, verified users. Um, so the investigation was not related to their cryptocurrency, but related to their data harvesting practices. Uh, all the executives of GX Chain are being held for interrogation right now. Fuck. Documents and computers have been seized. That's not a good way to go into the weekend for GX Chain. No, definitely not. <laughs> But uh, anyhow, that's today in crypto. That does it for the weekly fire. If you haven't already, go download the YouNow app, join us, go to younow.com, fan up crypto 101 every Monday through Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. We are going live. We are talking about the absolute 101 basics of crypto and blockchain, fielding questions live from the audience, and even you can even come on and co-broadcast with us. We're going to have some special guests on from time to time. It's a lot of fun, so don't miss out. Also, fan us on Twitter, at Crypto101Pod, and join our Facebook group. Go to Facebook, type in Crypto101. Crypt Nation, as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of Crypt Nation, and we will see you on on Monday. Monday. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.